Well, welcome everybody to the Fireside Chat, the Carrier Summit. I'm Chad Hendricks, pleased to be with you. Um, I'm a president of Brand Outcomes. We've been in the recruitment and retention space for the last seven years. And really our why is, is that we're trying to create meaningful relationships, usually between carriers and drivers in this case. Um, and what we believe that leads to is that it leads to a unique relationship as well as loyalty. And I've also been the host of a podcast called Recruit and Retain Trucking Edition for the last two and a half years. I'm actually here with Max. So Max, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, thank you, Chad. My name is Max Farrell. I am the CEO and one of the co-founders of WorkHound. And WorkHound is a real-time feedback platform for frontline workers. Uh, companies in, in the trucking industry use us to help improve driver retention. We know that turnover is high and a lot of guys quit because they don't feel respected and they don't feel like they have a voice. And so WorkHound helps companies be proactive instead of reactive in addressing issues before drivers walk out the door and make better business decisions as a result of analyzing the feedback. Uh, we work with over 35,000 drivers uh, across the country at carriers uh, that have thousands of drivers and carriers that have 60 or more drivers. Um, but uh, that's WorkHound. Thanks for having us. Perfect, Max. Thanks for introducing yourself. Uh, really, Max, for me, where I would like to start the conversation here is one of the issues or the potential problems that I see with a lot of carriers is how we're measuring success. Um, what I see oftentimes, carriers, companies, they'll say retention is really important, um, and then they'll have a bunch of KPIs or metrics that they're they're tracking, but they don't always actually mesh up to the actual health of the organization. So can you start off with talking about measuring success and where you've seen that come from and where it might want to evolve? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, We all know that in business, what gets measured gets managed. And in trucking, it's it's no different. Uh, but when it comes to retention, there there's a few challenges that continue to, to exist inside organizations. Uh, one of the, the first ones, uh, companies will say that everyone is responsible for retention. But what that means is that no one is accountable. So it's uh, that's one of the, the biggest challenges. How does somebody's individual metric, their performance as uh, uh, an individual contributor inside an organization, contribute to the, the broader goals inside a company? Um, and uh, some of the missteps that, that we often see are um, our companies will look at what I would consider vanity metrics, like what is our, our cost to hire somebody? Uh, and you can hire people all day, but you could still get your cost per hire down to $2,000 per driver and have 200, 300% turnover. So you wind up spending a ton of money on yeah. recruiting to, uh, to, to keep some of these people. And, and so what, uh, what we started to think about uh, are what are the metrics that start to show um, the, the retention of quality drivers or the cost to recruit somebody that's going to stay with your organization for a while. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up in that way. I, I like the term vanity metric um, because it sounds good if we can say that we have $500 per driver or 1,000 drivers or, you know, I've, I've even heard some people like $8 a, a driver application, right? And it sounds really good, but it seems like it doesn't really matter if, if your retention numbers aren't going to be there. One of the things that we've been looking at has been reducing that turnover. So really understanding what the turnover is in 30 days, 60 days, 90, 120, 180, two, you know, going up the gamut all the way to one year. Um, because even if you have that number where it's 150 
$1,500 a driver, and that might just be your advertising costs. It's not including all the other costs we could include in there. Um, but we've been looking at it almost as in per job or per truck. So yeah, it might be $1,500 a driver, but if I have a, say, 25% of my turnover is within the 30, first 30 days, well, those $1,500 every, is every month. So one driver position is really costing me $18,000 a year and not just $1,500 a driver. So we're looking at it more of a per truck, so a cost per hire per truck, than we are looking at just cost per hire. Um, everybody says that retention matters until you try to hold you know, their feet to the fire and say retention really matters, and they're not. It, it does sound good to have a lower cost per hire. It doesn't tell the, the full story. I, I really like the, the cost per hire per truck because it's a metric that does start to tie recruiting and operations to, together. Um, how, does, how does one side of the business impact another? Uh, another metric that, that I've seen some companies start to look at um, is what is the cost per net added driver? So let's say a company has 1,000 drivers um, if their turnover is 100% and they spend $5 million a year, that's pretty, uh, pretty expensive, regardless of what your cost per hire is. So I want to know what is that number when they add an extra 100 trucks in a calendar year? And, and whatever that total cost um, for them to add that 100 on top of their, um, their cost just to keep the trucks full, that's the cost per net add. And that, I think, is a really powerful number because it just shows how much an organization has to spend to grow their fleet in, in that time. Uh, have you seen um, th anything like that? Well, it, it's interesting. You talk about net add, and usually carriers want to talk about adding drivers. But the, we have probably about 50% of the carriers we work with, they're, they're stagnant. They're struggling with adding drivers. They might be able to maintain a number or around a number, but you know, we're, we've been stuck at 250 drivers for three years, you know, they're strong in that way. So I see where the net ad comes in. Cause if I take, you know, your 5 million, you know, and divide that by a thousand, I can get a cost per, and I'm going to add a hundred, I want to add a hundred drivers. Well, does that mean I need to add $500,000 to our budgets based on what we're currently doing? Um, and that could make sense from that standpoint, it's giving a more realistic, and it's a, it's a lot larger number than the, Oh, it's fifteen hundred dollars a driver. It's it, you start to get a realistic number of what does it really cost me to add drivers into this? And I think it also gives you the tactic of, hey, where do we, what do we want to spend money on to try to solve problems or or put resources into it? So if I have a big gap in that first thirty days, and I know that one job is costing me eighteen thousand dollars a year, using eighteen thousand dollars a year as how I'm going to gauge my return on investment versus 1500 it, it opens up the wide options that you would have actually at solving that problem. Like if I only have a $1,500 problem, I can only spend so much money on that. But if that problem's $18,000 a year, that opens up how much resources I'm really going to allocate towards that. Well, it, it it's, it's eye-opening because I think when people try to measure turnover just as, as a whole, it's almost too big of a number to consume. It's too broad. There's there's a dozen different variables that determine if that number goes up, down, or stays the same. And what what you're what you're saying in focusing on a specific metric like that, like let's start with just the 30 day measurement and then move to 60, 90, and so on, is being able to to share. Um, let's not boil the ocean. 
let's let's focus on our own little pot of water and let's boil that first. Um, is is that why you see that metric as being impactful? Is that you can really start to wrap your head around how we move the needle inside the company? Well, it's impactful for a few things. I mean, it it identifies the pain point areas that drivers are having. It's within the first 30 days. I know there are certain things that I probably have to do within the first 30 days. If there's also a big spike at 90 days when like maybe our insurance is supposed to be kicking in or whatever it is, I, I can know that there's something there that I specifically have to look in. Maybe your spike or you get another spike at, you know, 270 days, right? You know, in that area. So you can kind of notice these areas and I can start to say, I want to tackle these things. And I like how sometimes driver staffing firms look at it. Driver staffing firms will say, look, if I can get my retention one day, the average retention one day longer, that equates to X amount of revenue. If I can get that to be one week longer, it's X amount of revenue, right? When you start looking at revenue plus your costs, it starts to be, to be a very large number and worth your time. But what I see is a lot of companies, and I'll say even specifically leaders of carriers, that they say retention is important, but if you look at the amount of percentage of time that they're spending on it, it's very little. You know, they're really delegating that almost completely to somebody else. And I think that that skews and because they're using the metrics like, well, our cost per hire has gone down to 1200 bucks a driver. That's pretty good. Um, and so it's giving some unrealistic expectations where now as a leader, maybe I don't have to focus on that as much um, when really it, it should focus more if you look at real metrics that actually measure the health of the organization. One way I've seen companies take that exact measurement uh, is measuring the average tenure or median tenure over time uh, to, to start to determine what happens if we add an extra day to our average tenure? How much more money as an organization are we making? Because you're, you're spot on. The companies can measure the gross margin per truck per day or even look at it per week per month of what, what happens if this truck is full versus empty. And then what, what it's, as we talk about this, it goes to show the more you have metrics that encompass how recruiting or retention impacts operations and the, and the revenue generation of the business, the more real and more important re- retention does become. So, Max, I mean, the health of the organization is an important topic to talk about, but I, I want to also get into the tactics, you know, from a recruitment standpoint, from a retention standpoint. You know, everybody's going to say on the summit, I'm sure, we're in unprecedented times and things have changed. I don't, I don't want to necessarily specifically get into what we're going through now. I want to go in through what's going to be true, no matter if we're in this time or in, in the future. So from a tactic standpoint, though, what are you seeing carriers doing at this point from a recruitment standpoint, retention standpoint? And maybe it's sparked because of what we're going through, but it, it's stuff that we should have been doing the whole time. What are you seeing? Well, um, as far as my observation of the industry, right now you have companies on different trajectories. You have companies during the pandemic that had one of the, their strongest quarters in years because they because of the customer mix that they had. On the flip side, you had companies that had to lay off most or all of their drivers or some percentage of them because they hauled for uh, an industry that shut down, like automotive. And the automotive uh, ripple effects went all the way to who um, who hauls the raw materials for the tire manufacturers. So that that ripple effect was was far and wide. Um, so the the tactics really depend on 
on where an organization is. If are they trying to recruit people or are they trying to let people lay people off as softly as possible and hopefully keep rapport with them so that when business gets better, they can bring them back on. And and I know when when you and I have talked in the past, you've mentioned that uh, you've talked with some of these companies that are that are struggling a bit more, but are trying to be proactive and, and creative in, in how they engage with people. So what are some of the things that um, that that you've seen as far as tactics to engage in a in a down market? If you're in an industry like one that I've talked to a lot is people that's delivering for like fast casual restaurants, you know, it's high touch freight already. It's already a harder position to hire for because of the type of work that it is. And then you combine this with, we lost all of our demand and we've had to lay off all of our drivers. What The conversation for me is always, well, what happens when that demand comes back? When people start going to restaurants again, how fast are you going to be able to gear up? And a lot of that limit, that bottleneck is going to be drivers, I think. And that's where we're saying, okay, how are you prepping for this? So for most of those conversations, we're going, okay, we're going to open up the entire tool chest. What is all possible? Even the things that you haven't thought of or done in the past, I want you to be prepped for it so that if, if demand does come back at a fast rate, you have one thing that's already ready that I can pull that tool out immediately. So, for example, there's a lot of companies that have started uh, talking with the third-party recruiters. right? I understand we have a recruitment team, but if a third-party recruiter is going to market in a different way, maybe it's multi-carrier apps and they're going to do that really well, whatever it is, I will allow them to recruit for us. Why not? Um, we've also had people start to engage with the driver staffing firms, which typically you see more in the private fleet area, not so much in the common carrier area. But hey, if I can get a driver and I know that I can test, mark, test that driver for 90 days and then buy out their contract, and I know it's going to be a good driver, that might be another way to ramp it up really fast. Um, when you talk about laying off and how can we do soft layoffs, this is something that I think is new. We haven't really gone through the depths of it, but looking at things like an alumni program. So a lot of carriers will have their list of past drivers and people that have, they've contacted with. And every time they have a job opening, they'll message them, they'll email them out. But there, there hasn't been really a relationship building or rapport building outside of that. And so one of the the mindset to reframe that is to say, okay, what's the alumni program that we could create where people, when we contact them, they're happy to hear from us. And so they're talking about what kind of value can I give them? There's company discounts that people are starting to put together to say, even if you used to work for us, you can still get these company discounts at these places, or how are we going to engage with you after the fact? Can we have valuable training content that even if you don't work here anymore, we're still going to provide you training content. So what can I do to make sure that they might want to come back, even though our freight went down at one point and they had to find a different job. Um, we're looking at it from a, almost a retention side of it too. Is you know driver assessments, so like profiling drivers to whether or not they would be a good fit within your company. You know, a lot of times those happen after you've hired or after you've gotten the application and you interviewed someone. We're looking at changing that on the upfront of should we be marketing the assessment to say, hey, do you want to prove you're a great driver? Take this assessment just like any of those survey things on Facebook. Now, capturing that information, knowing that they already fit the qualifications for our company, and now we can go through our interview process and spend our money advertising just to that group. So now that's a way for me to reduce my advertising. There, we're pulling out, the other staff we're pulling out for some companies right now is the foreign driver, visa drivers. 
going out and getting a driver from South Africa, getting their green card, having them come over and putting in certain stipulations so that the cost is only if you are, um, if the driver stays. So the cost is for retention, not for the recruitment on the upfront. And I, I like that idea of going to that model more of how can we change the model of paying for recruitment? How can we pay for retention? And I think that's a hard piece for a lot of um, recruitment companies, like even for myself with brand outcomes, is a lot of times I'll say, well, we can't control everything from a retention standpoint. Well, we're starting to find ways to change the model so that I want our goals and the carrier's goal of retention to align. Right now, technically, as a recruiting company, you make more money the more churn there is. Um, and I want to change that. That's, that's the goal is to say, how can we align on the retention piece that that's where the cost comes in. So now we're we're in, working in conjunction. So I don't know if any of that sparked anything on what you've seen. Well, I, I really, I think what stands out is that we are in a time of change. It is the only constant right now. And historically change is messy, it's hard, and it takes time. Um, but we don't have the luxury of time in adjusting to, to some of these initiatives. There aren't best practices about how to um, connect with, with drivers you had to lay off in the middle of a pandemic. And so you have to try new things right now and, and experiment and, and innovate on the fly because um, there's no manual for this. Now, all of us will have a great manual for in the future as we write it right now, but we don't have it right now. Um, but I, I really like what you said about how can companies that laid off or, or have um, drivers that don't no, no longer work with them build an alumni network. Because what it, what it stresses is the importance of communication during this. And that's something that, that from our data, we've seen an, an emphasis in drivers wanting more communication in a time of uncertainty, almost to the point where they want the company to, to be their co-pilot because drivers are going to remember how they were treated and how they felt during this time. Uh, so when it comes to communication, if a company, whether a company is doing well or not, they should really put it on the table for their their drivers. So we've seen some some uh, some companies that are uh, doing relatively well still reach out to their driving uh, population and say, "Guys, we we weathered the 0809 recession. We know how to do this. We're we're going to tighten up the belt a couple of notches." Um, on this, but uh, we're, here's our game plan. We're not planning to do any layoffs. Everything, everything is good. Here's our plan to make sure we stay consistent. To just put it on the table of here, we know you feel uncomfortable. Here's, here's what we're doing about it. And then on the flip side, when companies are laying people off or their primary customer base shuts down, they've uh, been honest about the, the health of the business. Hey, the, the plant that we haul for isn't open for the next month. We got to lay off a bunch of people, but here's what we're doing to get new freight. I know that uh, UPT out of um, Oklahoma City, when all this kicked off and, and several of their customers shut down, uh, hauling oil or chemicals, they started hauling trailers um, for JB Hunt for for, the, for a period of time, hauling cotton from Texas to South Carolina so that masks could get made. So not only was their their business still going and keeping drivers moving, but there was tremendous purpose in it. Uh, so I've I've really been inspired by how companies have been more proactive than what I've seen in, in my time in the industry, um, but also their their ability to be more empathetic and ramp up communication. Um, and so those are those are the few of the things that I've seen. 
Have you seen any other uh, communication initiatives that have stood out to you? Yeah, I haven't seen any specific communication other than what you mentioned, which is, hey, they're putting out more transparency. We know that drivers are anxious, or we should assume that drivers are going to be anxious about everything that's going on. So what can we talk about from our sales standpoint, our new business development, things that we typically wouldn't think of that a driver would want to know? They really do. So, Max, this has been great. I love this, this conversation. We could talk forever. So really appreciate Freightways with having us on here at the Carrier Summit. It's been great.